Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations, ask those questions that may be playing on your mind, and above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives, and we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Welcome to Roar the Podcast. Thank you for coming back for another episode. It's just Amy again this week. We're going to have Grecian for her first episode next week, so that's really exciting. But today we have... My mum with me. Hello, mum. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So really special episode today. Um, My mum is my biggest supporter and my very best friend. Um, We haven't really ever sat down and talked about all of the ins and outs of sort of the last eight-ish years of my life together. (laughs) Um, So we obviously chat nearly every day, don't we, mum? We do, um, bringing up the past and all the emotions of that isn't really ever on topic. So we're both very nervous. (laughs) Oh dear. So yeah, I know how much everything has affected you, mum. I obviously see it myself, um, but to actually sit down and talk it out, it's going to be different and a lot, probably a lot of emotions. So let's get started. Okay. To begin, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So tell us a little bit about yourself outside of being the best nana ever. I um I'm married to my wonderful now husband David, and he's my biggest support to help me support Amy. Um, I work at Birdwood Fuel as a console operator, and I have three other two other children apart from Amy and four other grandchildren apart from Jack and James. I've looked after all those children for the last nine years. Hayden is now nine and had taken two days off of work to do that for the children, which I absolutely love. Um, 
and I can't stop now because I've still got Jack to go. So he's <laughs> like, I can't believe it's only a couple more years and I'm done. Like David's son might have children one day, but as for my own children, that's, um, yeah. 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 And Jack goes to school in a couple of years. Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't believe Michaela's off to school next year as well. So then I'll just have Jack for two years. That'd be nice. Yeah. Some one-on-one yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have a lot of that anyway. I do. <laughs> It's just chat. Yes. Yeah. And I like to read. I like to play games and colour on my phone. I like to go walking. I've got an electric bike I like to do outside of looking after the kids. You've got a bigger social life than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do do social stuff. You've got two really good well, – a lot of really good friends, yeah. actually, that you go and even have weekends away and yeah. actually – look at you and I think oh that'll be nice and <laughs> yeah when Amy come with the boys and I was sitting in my chair reading and I said oh, I've just been sitting here reading for two hours she goes oh well, that'll be the day <laughs> fuck it's a hard life <laughs> yeah, no, oh, gosh. So good. and I just wanted to say I'm wearing my miracle mama jumper and I wear it with pride I feel I'm a miracle mama to embrace the miracle mama Amy has become in herself mm. with her boys and the community she has created with her beautiful business miracle mama Thank you, ma'am. Yes. You do. I swear you have that job for nearly every time I see you. I was like, do you need another? <laughs> Get you another colour. A raw yeah. podcast. Now we need a raw the podcast jumper, yeah. All right, so as you mentioned, you obviously have two other children, so my two older brothers who have each married and had their own two children quite easily, I will say. Um, both had a pigeon pair too, so mm. a boy and then a girl. Um, how was it for you then to see Scott and I go through the struggles we did to fall pregnant? Well, where do I start? <laughs> um, Amy and Scott went on a holiday. What did we work at? 2014. 14, very early, February. Just after I married and um, hoping that she might get pregnant to start her family and was six weeks away and I don't know if it was too hot because <laughs> she said in the swag, it was like, get off of me. <laughs> I, remember, I remember thinking, I guess we better do it. We better try. <laughs> we better try. Yeah. And, um, of course, that never happened. And then it was, what did we work at, 18 months yeah, 18 before months. Um, mm. James actually come along. So it was very hard. No, I think 18 months before I even fell pregnant. Yeah. And then oh, that's right. Yeah. Two years pretty much exactly that oh, that's he right, arrived. Because it early. Yeah. And, yes, it was very heartbreaking because in that time you do see her go through what she went through and I myself got pregnant really easily and had none of those issues. And, I mean, miscarriages are, you know, quite common these days. What do they say, one in three miscarries? One in four, yeah. But um, to see Amy go through all that was very hard. So, um, yeah, and then she'd see... Um, someone else with a baby, she goes, I just want one, Mum, and it just breaks your heart because, you know, she's so badly wanted that baby. Yeah, and that's, I think those are the comments that I, you were the one that heard all of that. Yeah. Like I didn't have many people to lean on and obviously both of my brothers had, what well, they had both had two kids by that stage, hadn't they? No, yeah. Michaela's Oh, up. no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Michaela hasn't been born yet. And I guess seeing them ha- go through it, quite easily and mm. I know um one of them made an announcement that they were pregnant mm. um when we were really in the depths of our infertility and I just remember like trying to hold it together myself when yeah. I heard their news but trying you know you're so happy for the people around you but just deep down inside it was yeah 
yes, really hard. It is hard. And I've got some friends that announced they were going to be grandparents and, like, it was really hard for me. You're always happy for those people, but you found it really hard to deal with, you know. And you know, I said that this, my friend that Amy lost her baby and I was really upset and she took me aside and she goes, Yes, but my daughter lost a baby and it's all okay. So it's not all okay because it's not easy for Amy. And next minute her daughter's pregnant again and then, of course, you know, I've got to watch Amy go through. Yeah. Yeah, so that was and very hard. Trying not to compare, but when it's when you're surrounded by it, it's yeah. hard to hide away all of that emotion and those feelings. But you yeah. do, you just put on a brave face. And and then I always had the guilt, like, oh, I gave birth easy, I got pregnant easily and... Then I thought, oh, my God, what have I created with Amy and her uterus? <laughs> I had the guilt, like, <laughs> how did this ever happen to my daughter? And she used to come to me and go, Mum, what were my periods like? And I said, oh, my God, I can't remember what I did yesterday, Amy, let alone what, you know, yeah. years and years ago. You remember me saying? Yeah, but I don't yeah. even I don't even remember tracking a period when I was mm. in my teens. Like, I don't even remember what age I got yeah. my period. Like, it's just and all she, that stuff yeah. that – and because you, you didn't – you guys didn't really – I don't know, it wasn't as common back yeah. then or, you know, you guys probably had miscarriages but yeah. it wasn't, you didn't even know yeah. you were pregnant. Like it's just, yeah, and I keep thinking now of like, right, if I had a daughter, <laughs> but if I had a daughter I would be like right on to yeah. her periods and her cycles. But, exactly um, right. So, yes, yeah, so I couldn't remember anything about her periods and I didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely did. I remember when I got my first period because I was so much later than everyone yeah. else. Um, no. But yeah, it's mm. funny, isn't it? How quickly we put the guilt of these sort of yes. like things you can't control, but you put it back onto yourself. Yeah. Even you do as a mum, all these years down the track. Yeah, mm. and also I'm just thankful that Scott has always been there for Amy because he's been her rock, and you know, like Scott is just the partner she needed because there's lots of people that wouldn't handle what Scott's had to handle and go through too. So Scott, the little quiet achiever. <laughs> he is yeah yeah, yeah he's or um, the big quiet achiever yeah and mm. I've said to you earlier that I'd when my boys are grown up and if they ever you know god forbid had to go through hardships that you you just desperately pray that they have a mm. partner and a support that's there and committed and yeah because I can't imagine and yeah the other two kids that you know both had the pigeon pair, boy first, girl second, you know, and they're the ones that did get pregnant easily and not saying they didn't have, their, you know, a few troubles along the way. But, yeah. you know, Amy's never going to go back for that chance of a little girl. So I wonder, hopefully she has beautiful grand, I mean, um, yeah. daughter-in-laws. Daughter-in-laws, yes. yeah. Because that's, that's, that's one thing I think when I talk about, you know, I'm okay with our boys and I just, because we have such a close relationship, mm. I just worry that, down the track I'm not going to have that with you know because my the boys will get partners and it's just different it is um and not being able to talk about periods and Mm. wedding days being you know the mother of the bride and now Mm. being when you have kids and your mum's always the one yeah that your daughter leans on I just it's different when you yeah I've got you know the boys have got beautiful um wives which you know but it's not it's not your own daughter like Amy's saying you know yeah um and yet that's one thing that I I always say oh I could you know I could forgo a a a girl in the early days the at the teenage years but it's when they're older and you go through like our relationship we had now, that's what I think I grieve the most with not having a girl. But mm. 
So fingers crossed my boys find beautiful partners, yes. boys or girls, and they love me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. So, yeah, then we finally did get pregnant with James. Um, I remember we had a baby shower at your house um, when I was only 29 weeks pregnant. And I think I think it was just in case because I'd sort of been given a warning that due to my uterus that there was a possibility I might come early. But I don't think anyone ever – I didn't – I didn't take that in the full weight of that and I don't think I ever expected it to happen. No, um, especially two days after the baby shower. Yeah, I think it was three days later he arrived. <laughs> no, like, wasn't it Tuesday and we had the shower Sunday or something? I thought, oh, oh my maybe. God, we just made that. <laughs> it's like, it's always like he knew. He's like, right, you've had yeah. the baby shower now. Um, but did you ever think it would actually happen? I don't know. You said earlier you didn't even know that there was a chance he would yeah. come earlier. I was that- oblivious to all that. Like I said, you know, until you've... You just don't realise what's involved until you become a, you know, grandmother of a preemie baby. Yeah, and you wouldn't have known, didn't really know of anyone that had had preemies around? No, no, I had no, only our minister had the little um, 24-weeker, yeah, Yeah. minister years ago. My mum looked after that little baby and um, that's, but I had not much to do with that, so... Yes. So you were just as thrust into the unknown world of NICU. Yep. So, yeah, talk us through your memories of James, his birth, him being in hospital, um, NICU, Scott during that time. Well, the baby shower to start with, I um, had knitted Amy this beautiful wardrobe of clothes. Yes. Because she always loved the hands and stuff. So I had outfits, had a wardrobe made. Well, I made the wardrobe out of a cardboard box and covered it all. It was and had, beautiful. And then I was thought, oh, my God, these are winter clothes meant to be for a newborn baby in the winter. And James comes along and I thought, these are never going to fit him in the winter. I've wasted all that time. So He that... probably fitted into them the next winter because <laughs> yes. he was so small. Yes. So wow. um, I, that was a little bit selfish thing. Oh, my God, I've done all that work to have this baby 10 weeks early. So well, Amy was obviously admitted into hospital and she rings me. She goes, Mum, can you go to our house and get the camera? Mm. And so we can get some shots or you Scott. And I said, okay. So I don't know what else I picked up. I think there was more than a camera. And walk into the hospital and um, I see Scott coming towards me and all these scrubs and this little trolley getting pushed along in front of him with the nurse. And I said, is that the baby? And he goes, yeah. And I said, oh, my goodness, it looked like nothing but a, I'm not sure on this table, this little blob of something. Mm. And um, so I just got seated somewhere and, yeah, sat and waited for Scott. And then he came along. Did you even know that I'd... It had happened? No, no. Not until I saw Scott coming until towards you got me. Because yeah. that's how quick it happened. Yes. And I thought, well, that camera was pretty useless. <laughs> I mean, we used it all after, but yeah. So yeah, I got sat in this little area and um, then Scott came and sat with me. And yes, he can't remember much about that. And no. I can't remember. We sat <laughs> I don't there. think either of you can. He looked at the ground a lot and he had a little piece of paper and I saw it had James William written on it. And that's when I found out when, <laughs> what James' name was. And I said, oh, he goes, oh, by the way, the baby's name is James. I said, yeah, okay, that's nice. I just saw that on the piece of <laughs> Oh, it's such an abnormal. Yes, it was very abnormal. Yeah. And because we just both just sat there, you know, trying to make conversation, it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And then, the Nikki, you were a huge, 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 huge support of us during that time. So, James was in hospital for about five weeks um, 
and I'll never forget, like you were just there doing everything. Um, mm. You pretty much did all the stuff that, you know, behind the scenes. So you'd make us food, um, you'd come and do washing. I think you just came and like cleaned all the clutter off of the, you know, because there was gifts and shit everywhere yes. and um, you'd come and, you know, spend as much time down there as you could and, yeah, you were huge support during that time. And then I remember when Scott went back to work for a couple of weeks, you'd come down and spend, you know, a good chunk of time with me. Um, you know, you went through it all with me, the bloody expressing mm. and sitting cotside. And and then I ended up having too much milk for our freezer. Mm. <laughs> and then you had to offer up yours, I think because you had a chest freezer, didn't you? No, we just had the um, extra fridge out in the shed for our drinks fridge, which had the extra freezer. So oh, yeah. my dear husband, it was around Easter time and he loves the Baker's Delight hot cross buns, as um, so he buys plenty of them. And then he thought, oh, I'm going to be really clever and buy some hot cross buns after Easter and put in the freezer. Well, they actually got put in the bin because Amy's <laughs> milk had to go in there. So he was very upset about that, but um, yes, bless him, he good missed, old David. He missed his hot cross buns. Oh, yeah. All the things you do. Yep. How did you feel like just seeing James? How tiny he was. The environment of the nursery. Um, I know it's quite confronting, especially you know you all the other babies in there, and you're not meant to look at the yeah. babies around you. Like there seems to be quite strict and a lot of rules. How did you find all of that? Yeah, I remember reading something on someone's cot and you said, Mum, you're not meant to be doing that. <laughs> like, you know, all their details. But, yeah, yes, I guess it was a lot different from the others because, you know, like I said, they all had their babies normally and you'd get to nurse them and they'd be home in a few days. But, yeah, you just spent the time down there you could and put your hand in the, you know, crib thing when you could and, yeah. Yeah. and the okay. first cuddle. Oh yeah, that, that took was... a, that took a little while, but it was so nice to get that first cuddle with. Yeah, um, I think it was a Jane. few weeks, yes. a few weeks old once Just... we got through to special care. Yeah. And like I remember in that time feeling so, again, guilty mm. that I couldn't give you a yeah, cuddle I, yeah. or, and Scott's mum a cuddle either. But you know, in that when you're only getting one cuddle a day and it's you're taking, you. yeah, <laughs> you're taking it in turns, but. Mm. Yeah, he, 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 a lot of it's like a blur, and I think yeah. you know you forget a lot of that, what you did down there. But and you just deal with it at the time, mm. like you're not thinking about it at the time. And looking back, you go, "You just we just did what we yes, did. That's that's, that's it. how it was." And yes, yeah, mm. but it probably felt like a bit of disconnect for yeah. you as a nana, like you said, comparing it to your other. You know, I was, I was talking to Amy about the when he was born, when I was sitting with Scott and. And I said, no, I didn't go down and see Jane. Like, I didn't see him. But then I came home and I thought to myself, actually, I think Scott said to me, did you want to have a look at him? So in yeah. the back of my mind, I think I did go in there and stood back, you know. Um, and so I asked Scott about, he he thinks he did. He yes, thinks you did. He thinks yes, he took so you in yeah. there again. And you, so you did meet him on yes. that first day. Before um, you. Before me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah, but I think I just stood back and Scott goes, well, that's him there. And yeah. Yes. But, um, so that was nice. Especially in that first day. I think Scott was very um, taken aback and yeah. didn't even, he didn't even know how close he could get. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. So then we went through 
sort of the infertility, high-risk pregnancy and premature birth again with Jack. Um, Did you feel like you were better able to support us the second time around because you were more prepared and you knew a little bit more, I guess a little bit more aware? Um, Or was it still just as hard and just as shit? (laughs) Yeah, just as hard as just as shit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's how it felt for me. Like I don't feel like, obviously I think once he was born it seemed a little bit, Nicky wasn't as scary and he was obviously that a lot further along in the mm. pregnancy. So he seemed, he was bigger and he was more robust, but the pregnancy and the infertility, it was just as shit. Yeah, it was shit because yeah. like at 20 weeks you, or something, he had that stitch put in. Yeah. And, you know, that was very traumatic and I thought, oh, my God. You Here know, we go like, again. Yeah, and um, yeah. you're just there to do what you can do when you can do it and well, at that stage, it was just getting him to viability. Like that's how dire. I remember that um, when they rang to say that they were going to put the stitch in, they said, look, let's just not look past 24 yeah. weeks and let's just get to that point. And that's I remember, I remember yeah. thinking, shit, like that's how sinister this is. Um, mm. Yeah. I remember David saying to me, he goes, well, he's 24 weeks now, you know, like, you know, yeah, like that's, trying to encourage yeah. me to feel a little bit more confident about the whole thing but like that's a celebration you know. but in itself it's yeah. still yeah yes. yeah it was a time it was a time <laughs> so fast forward um as we said you're a very hands-on nana so you permanently permanently took days off to look after your grandchildren for yeah nine years now um, but with Jack, you weren't able to have him for quite a long time due to his tube feeds. Well, I say that, but it was probably the first year maybe. Mm. Um, but you then put your hand up and said you would well, you would learn and you wanted to learn how to tube feed him. So essentially you said that to give me some time off and allow me to get back to work. Obviously you wanted to have him as well, yeah. but <laughs> um, we were so overwhelmingly grateful because there was no other way otherwise for mm. me to have any time off or even to to work so was this an easy decision for you I know not everyone would do this um put their hand up and say yep I'll tube feed so was that an easy decision for you to make or did you kind of shit yourself about that (laughs) I've said shit a lot in this episode I just realized (laughs) well it was never a hard decision because I thought it can't be that hard to you know yeah and you'd probably seen me do it a yeah. hundred times over anyway. I had it at your place and you were showing me the bits and pieces and um, I thought, nah, if Amy needs time off, I need to do this for her and Scott to give them a bit of time to themselves. So, yes, um, and you do it because you love them and you love them all as much as the others. And But the bond with Amy's boys, I think, is that a little bit stronger because they are miracle boys. Like James, you know, mightn't have made it as you would have known in Amy's stories beforehand. But, um, yeah, and she is my daughter and, yeah, but I just love them all to death, the whole six of them, and just love looking after them. Yeah. Mm. And so how was that first day when you had him with the feeding tube? <laughs> there is a story to tell because Amy's never heard this story. Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened? They had Scott's sister's wedding and I was all brave. Yes, I'm going to take this boy for his first night. And Oh, was this not he? This wasn't your first time tube feeding him? Yeah, at oh, home on my okay. own. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, this is my first babysitting job yeah. without Amy tube feeding. Yeah. Um, We brought him home and I was shitting myself. I thought, <laughs> hell, you know, and now we're getting tired. And we got home. We had friends come. You know, you got trying to entertain friends. Anyway, the first feed. 
I'm actually worried. <laughs> don't be worried. You're still alive. Because yeah, you're, you're so, you would, yeah, you don't tell me stuff because you just. Um. Anyway, you had to give him some orally, you know. Yeah, that, but that stupid yeah, little Yeah, that cup. little cup that we had yeah. to feed him. So I think I took that out before I thickened it. And, of course, then I put the thickener in and it went really, really thick. <laughs> and the oh, you took that kept... out before you thickened yeah. the actual feed. So then yeah. I was thickening, putting too much thickening for the amount of water I had and yeah. it kept bloody beeping. Occlusion out. Yeah. Occlusion out. <laughs> and I kept pressing this button and doing this and pulling it out. <laughs> and in the end um, we got his little bit into him, what he had to drink, and I thought, that's it, He's, he'll be all right. <laughs> I'm <through> to bed. <laughs> And he never looked back and he's still... Did you... You could have just redone the feed. Yeah, I know, but, you know, like, I was nervous. so late Yes, I was nervous, Amy, and it was my first ever time. I thought, I've got to get this right, but I didn't. I really stuffed it. But I knew exactly what I did the next day. Yeah. Yeah, so... But that was... In those early days, His even his tube feeds were so thick. Yeah. Like, that thing mm. did alarm me. It was not happy with the thickness of that, of that milk. But, no, it was all good. He's still... No, he still loves me. <laughs> you didn't break him. And you've done, like like you said, you've nothing. You've done very well yeah, since. I have. <laughs> Not a very nice first experience, though. Mm-hmm. All right, so what are you, some of your memories from the past couple of years looking after Jack with his tube feeds and I guess comparing what you did for him to all the other grandkids? It was obviously a big contrast mm. having to tube feed. Yeah, I guess sometimes in the school holidays can have up to the whole six of them, depending who's away, who's sick. Super Nana. Yes, so there's can be six here, ranging from nine to um, Jack's now three. So they've all got their own needs. The bigger boys now, they just, you know, play on the YouTube and mm. Michaela and James have become very good mates. Jack, I mean. So lunchtime with all the other kids, you know, had to, if we went in the playground, come on, we need to go home. You know, Jack needs his tube feed. So yeah, I um, always made sure we were home by 11.30 to cut the million of sandwiches I had to cut. <laughs> and then when they got a few less, I would set up the pram because I bought myself a double pram and Michaela would be on the skateboard in the back and I'd have Jack's tube feed in the second seat next to him. Yeah. We'd, you know, we could go to the playground. I know I was confident enough to do that then. So yeah, but yeah. I'd walk up the street and I'd have his tube feed going and, you know, people looking at me and thinking, hell, what's happening there? You know? <laughs> In little old Lovethorpe. <laughs> but it never, it never fazed me. I thought, you know, I'm proud of who he is and yeah. that's what I have to do. Well, yes. And that's brave of you in itself, like having mm. the courage to not just learn but then leave the house. Like, and that's the little stuff that people just don't mm. get. Like, yeah, now, gosh, I just bloody chuck the bag next to him in the car yeah. seat and although I'll never do that again after I ripped it ripped it out of his tummy but um yeah we all <laughs> you think you think that was bad you not feeding him I pulled his peg out his oh peg yeah out of his stomach like that was when you left here one day oh that was when was I got birthday. home birthday was his birthday was it his birthday of course it was his yeah, third birthday oh, and I laugh about it now but you know like mm. that's just We've all done it. We've all done something that's just, and this is just stuff that you don't know or hear about. So anyone that's new to tube feeding, don't feel bad if you've fed the bed or, because I've done that too, yes, forgot to, to. <laughs> forgot to connect it properly or it leaked out the oh, second port. Yeah, or, I did oh. that in the lounge. I had all this, I thought, what is all that? And it's coming out the second, <laughs> second port's open. And, oh, there's so many things. But then when, when um, Jack 
was weaned from the wild there before he got his yeah. last dose of illness, you know, you just realise he would sit on the lounge with Michaela. You could take your sandwich down in the playground, you know, and yeah, the just, simple things. Yeah, and it was it is the simple things of you know just give him a sandwich, sit on the couch, not, not in a high chair, not having or, to put him in the high yeah, chair. And you just don't realise how much you've done in the cleaning up of the machine. You think, oh, how much the- free time we had for those two weeks that he didn't have a tube feed. It was delightful. Yeah. And every yeah. night you don't have to clean up the, um, you know the. The, the line, yeah, yeah. when you, it's the end of the day and you get yeah. to just chuck the line in the yeah. bin and not have to flush it. Oh, One day I was nice. doing that night and I was going through the second um, fuel yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, fuel set. I thought, what am I doing? That can go in the bin. <laughs> what a waste of my yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Even just like you said, now, now that Jack's gone back to having tube feeds because he hasn't, you know, gone back to drinking well mm. again since being sick, he. Now he's like doing that whole, I don't want Billy, yeah. I don't want Billy and running away because he had that freedom yeah. too for a little while and now he knows he has to sit there for another half yeah. an hour again. And, yeah, even for him it's a big, you know, big inconvenience and a big deal. Mm. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, and I always laugh to Amy when I have Jack. Same tonight. <laughs> Jack comes to Nana's to have a sleepover. I go to her house and they go lay with him and, it, you know, yeah. it can be up to half an hour. Yep. And tonight we put him to bed here and he's um, he just goes off to sleep. And every oh, time I have yeah. him I say, good night, Jack, I love you. He goes, I love you. And then I walk out and that's the last I hear of Jack. So, And I, I like I always go, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's what happens. And then tonight, yep, here I witnessed it. I'm like, yes. you do it because if it's me I have to lay in there mm. with him. But he was, yeah, he was, he's he's probably always super extra tired here at Nana's yeah, house. Yeah, because Nana lets him stay up a little like, bit longer. Yeah, and he's worn out yes. by all the fun activities you do, whereas I was. You pretty big because you had enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I just can't get enough uh, of him at night on my own here. So uh, David usually wrote you when I have him on a Wednesday night, so, you know, he gets get lots that one of, on yeah, one it's time. lovely. Mm. Okay, so how has it affected you seeing the boys frequently unwell seeing Scott and I struggle with the challenges of it all you know over the past few years with Jack um including hospital admissions you know new diagnosis new diagnoses I don't know what the word is there and the constant run of bad luck Mm. as a nana I guess like your perspective and insight into that yes well it's um like I said to Amy I said you'll never understand how much your children mean to me until you you have your own and um so as well as you know Amy and Scott see what they go through it's the boys you know like hate seeing Jack in pain and you're waiting on the end of the phone for a call or a text to you know see what's going on and you're almost too scared to send Amy a text because you don't want to have the heartache of what you might hear yeah, and then yeah. sometimes Amy will ring me and I say to David, oh, it's Amy. You know, you know when, yeah. I'm, when I was almost scared to hear what she had to say and then I wait to see if she's got a happy voice or a sad voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Today um, I got a phone call from the school, James's school, and as soon as I oh. saw the number come up in on my phone, my heart just like leapt out of my chest. I was like, shit, what's happened? And the first thing she said when I answered it was, don't worry, everything's mm. okay. And like that panic as a mum and you just don't understand until you're put in that situation. He was fine. He'd just yeah. fallen off of some play equipment and bonked his head and he was happy as Larry. But um, So you, it's yeah, just, you know how I feel. Yeah, it's, it is. It's that 
that worry and that anxiety and it never leaves you even when your kids are grown up mm. it's um just becomes another element of worry doesn't it then and yeah gosh yes yeah, all this to look worrying. forward to <laughs> And it's but, not yeah. just the little kids, it's, you know, the big kids as well, you you know. Yeah. Playing sport, you just don't want anything to come of any of them. And yep. Yeah. It'll, it, it's with you till the end, I think. The, yeah. So yeah. I've shed lots and lots of tears behind closed doors um, because of, you know, their bad luck and what they've had to go through. And, yes, and I always think things seem worse like I would lay awake at night after night after night and David goes to me sweetheart what can you do about it tonight you know and he'd go off sleeping I'm being oh my god you know <laughs> and there's nothing I can do but you just can't you know and then in the next day you wake up and think oh it's not so bad you know it's always things seem a little bit worse at night but um you're like David was right yeah <laughs> yes yeah and you're taking on like you said you're taking on not just Scott and my pain but the boy's pain so it's almost like as a nana there's that double you're taking on double the pain and I I always say to people that I feel like you feel things so deeply Mm. almost more deeply than me and if that's even possible like knowing how much it hurts me when the Mm. boys are sick and um and then thinking like I do the same I'm hesitant to call you Mm. because I'm so worried about putting that on you and how you're gonna feel and I know that you stay awake and stress so that night when James burnt his hands on the fireplace I didn't tell you I didn't tell you that night because I was like nah there is absolutely no point she's not gonna sleep if I ring her at this hour of the night and tell her this so I just told you the next day when things were sorted but you're still bloody you're still bloody and that was that was mother's day oh yeah of course it was time i got the text at work i was at work and i got the text with james with his hands up with bandage i thought oh my god you know and i read it and that morning at work then i just i can't even remember work like oh oh my god and they're going away next week you know didn't know how bad it was yeah but um yes and i just cried all the way to handoff because amy said i'll warn you before you see james you burn it on the fire because burns to me on fires it's not pretty Mm. And um, David goes, "What's wrong?" I said, "Oh my God! If you don't know what's wrong, <laughs> yeah, so got the footy and James is there with bandages, and I burnt my hands, Nana. Yeah, but yes, there's so many um, bad luck experiences that you don't even know where to start with Amy and Scott and the boys. But um, here we are. And there was an I had a a grandma message me um, on Instagram recently, and she said she feels she, she's followed my story for a while and she said she feels so deeply for for Jack and that she feels like she's developed a relationship with him just through social media and she said oh I can just imagine how your mum must feel and she said it's beautiful seeing that you've got such a close relationship with her and I had a bit of a chat to her about about that and she said that there's this constant nervousness and worry and but you're also feeling it from a distance because she can't you can't be directly involved all the time and yeah having that I can't imagine I just can't imagine down the track oh you'll feel it your grandkids <laughs> don't <as> worry well. <laughs> but no I can't imagine having that distance between you oh, and yeah. being like I could never move away from you because I can't imagine if my boys ever moved away mm. or, uh. or when you spent that week in up in Cairns and you come home on the plane you what'd you say why am I talking myself out of going? No, what did you say about going? Oh, I said, yeah. Um, 
trying to talk myself out of moving to Cairns yeah. or something because I would move there in a heartbeat because the weather, the boys yes. would be so well up there. Oh. <laughs> and then I said to Dave, I said, oh, why don't they just go do it? The house on the market, why don't they just go do it? And yeah. I said, I'd let them go for them, you know, like I'd, I'd have to let them go if they decided to go. And I said, we could go on holidays, but um, yes. Oh, yeah. it's just. But too- even Amy looking at the house in Strath, that was too far away for <laughs> yeah. 40 minutes away from mm. mum. I don't know how I'd cope, but yes. But that again just shows, you know, how much I lean on you and mm. rely on you. And I do, I actually feel like I carry a bit of guilt for that too, like how much I rely on you because I, you know, if not just when I need someone to watch Jack, because you're basically, well, you have been for so long mm. the only person that I can that can watch Jack if we want to even have a night off or not that they've had (laughs) happened much, but you know, like even just going to a wedding, um, if Scott's on call like Mm. this weekend, it's always, I need to rely on someone to have Jack and, um, yeah, there's a lot of guilt that I feel like every time I need a spare second, it's you, I have Mm. to call on you. Um, and then even when Jack's in hospital, I, I lean on you then to look after James. Like it's it's never ending. And we're lucky we've got Joy as well. So yeah. Scott's mum's a huge support um, as well. But And I will always do it as long as I can. I know. But there's it, even though I know you're happy to and you will, mm, there's still an element of that yeah. for me that oh, I rely so heavily on you and, you know, you're at an age now where you should be. Well, Not having to look after the children. I and... don't know if I should have felt that guilt when I had my kids go just dump mine on mum's kitchen bench. So here, you have them for the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever felt guilty? No. Well, I guess it wasn't that often, but. But I guess that's like, and I, I think we take for granted. Well, I, I don't take it for granted, but some people take it for granted if they do have someone that they can do that with. Mm. Um, I know not everyone has supportive family and around them, and I just can't, oh, I just can't imagine because I do, I mean, you see me coming here some Wednesday mornings. I'm like, yeah. he hasn't bloody slept all week and he's pushing the boundaries yeah. and I, I pretty much drop him and run. I think you said that to me once. Here, you can have him. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm yeah, very grateful and appreciative because mm. I know not everyone has that and especially someone that will put their hand up and take on the extra needs as well. So, Yeah. So speaking of supports and amazing supports, you remarried back in 2013, same year as me actually, mm-hmm. um, to your amazing husband, David, who has also been a huge support of me and Scott and our boys. And I know he's been a huge rock for you like Scott has been for me. So how has he helped you through? Yeah, I guess trying to talk me through when I'm really upset about naming the boys and you know, trying to say it'll be all right and telling me nothing will be as bad in the morning and just go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if that's a support, but, yes, I I couldn't have done it without David. I think he, um, he's he been very good. So, yeah. yeah. You, had a, you had a little note written down for this podcast. You wrote a few notes, but you wrote um, fundraising, not again, oh, yes. <laughs> which made me laugh because obviously over the past, six-ish years Mm. I've done a lot of fundraising a lot of big events and obviously needed a lot of support and help with that as Mm. well so on top of everything else you and David are always involved heavily with that and he'll be there setting up marquees Mm. and he hears of Amy's fundraiser or the podcast he goes sweetheart do you think she takes on too much (laughs) 
I said, well, she's not actually locked up in a mental asylum. I think it's doing her well to do, <laughs> yeah. you know, like all that to get it off her chest. And that's how she releases all, all her anxiety and stuff. And, you know, one night before her marathon run was 11 o'clock at night and her money was 59000 something, something. Mm. He goes, we've got to get over 60. So 11 o'clock at night is donating, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars to get yeah, her over the 60,000 right. K mark just because that's what she wanted to raise. So yeah. she'd wake up and see her in the morning. So, um, yeah. And then he's always the first to put his hand up and help at setting up or, you know, doing whatever he has to at runs. And Yeah. Mm. It's one of those things I think he goes, oh, not again, but then he's, yes. he's always the first one there yeah. to help. And we're also very grateful for him because I know. And I guess that's him supporting me too because he knows I want to do things like that for Amy. So, yeah. You know, he's there to do that for me, for Amy. So, yeah. But I think that, you know, he pro- there's probably a bit of a flow-on effect for David, like mm. seeing you so upset yeah, um, and how the pain you take on, <laughs> um, especially when he's telling you, It'll be it'll be okay, and I imagine if you're anything yeah. like me, you're just telling him to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> um, How can it be okay? It's not okay. And he probably feels like he can't ever get it right or say the mm. right thing because I know that Scott said that in the past. If I'm really worked up about something, or I just feel like Scott can never he's never mm. <laughs> doing or saying the right thing, and it's just you. It's not that they're not. Um, but do you ever feel like he cops it a bit, cops a oh, bit of your... Yeah, he does. And takes that on, takes a bit of that on? Yes. Yeah. Sort of, I always used to say to my mum what I used to have to wear from Amy even in the days of, you know, marriage separation. And there weren't some pretty times between me and Amy. And, you know, mum said, you know what? She said, you always lash out at the ones you love the most. And, you know, so... yeah. I think if I, you know, also lash out at David sometimes because of how much you do love the people and um, you know they're going to And that's your safe, be after, safe Yeah, exactly. Spot. They yeah. can take it because of that love. So, yeah, yeah. mum used to always say, she'll lash out at you because she loves you the most and, you know. And they, there is a flow-on effect, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make from, you know, if you're supporting someone through something it's always going to be affecting some either another aspect of your life or another person in your life and I know I can't talk to some of my family or a lot of my family about the stuff that I do with you so then I I do rely on you but that sort of you kind of choose who you (laughs) who you can lean on and the other family just don't get it sometimes I don't think yeah and I think because you've had that first-hand insight in so many aspects and you've been so involved yeah. more heavily than others that you do get it a lot more yeah yeah and do you do you feel mentally that how you've coped okay or hell no <laughs> <laughs> but it's not something we've ever talked you don't about know how much wine i drink wednesday <laughs> thursday night <laughs> but not so much just with everything you've seen like i can't I keep saying I can't imagine my, my, when I just imagine my own boys being older and watching mm. them go through this and how do you try and you can't separate it because I'm your mm. daughter. It's exactly. just. No, you don't. You just, it's mm. every day, all day, really. You, yeah. It makes me sound like such a burden. <laughs> oh, I wish, <laughs> I just wish it wasn't so hard. No. Oh, 
I mean, give. I mean, just give us five years, and we'll uh, be hopefully be like, mostly out the other side. And you know what we went through when James born it. It leaves you eventually, like it's in the background, and all yeah. this will be too. Like years to come, we'll be trying to remember all this in years to come. So you just do it when you have to, and yeah, that's a beautiful way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, it does. It never leaves you, but it floats away in the background, and you'll and forget half like, of it. Yeah. Like I said, it always seems everything obviously seems so much mm. harder in the moment because you're yeah. living it, and yeah, and that's why, like you said, with Jack's tube feeds and. You don't realise what you're doing mm. until you don't have to do it. And you go, gosh, how did I? I know. One day when you said to me, we're lucky James is actually here, Mum, because another week inside me and, you know, he might have had a massive bleed and, you know, yeah. that would have been it. And, you know, I lived that. Every time I went to sleep, I just could hear you saying that. I thought, oh, my God, how close could you have been losing that? You know, gradually, you know, now you see this beautiful six-year-old running around screaming, driving us nuts tonight. And you forget. You forget. You do. Yeah, you yeah, forget. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's every birthday yes. I kind of look back on those memories and go, oh, yeah, shit, that's yeah. right. Like you're right. I mean the trauma and everything's still there when yeah. you – but, yeah, it does, mm. does settle and become more manageable with time. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Mum, for coming on. Um, as all of the listeners will have heard, you're um, above and beyond. Um, and I know that you say, you know, um, your mum and Nana and you would do it, but there's so much stuff behind the scenes that I think people don't see being a grandparent of kids with complex births and, and needs. So... Yeah, we are obviously so super grateful, um, so thankful, and I always say that I couldn't have done any of this without you, and mm. I honestly couldn't <laughs> have. I just don't know how. I don't even want to yeah. imagine how I would have got through the past few years without you. So, thank you. Um, we call you the Super Nana, and you truly are. Um, yeah. So thanks not- for coming on. You did good. Thanks. I know you were quite nervous. I but... um, I said to Scott, she asked me if I'd be a guest. I said, well, I'm sure you should ask your husband to be a guest first. And she goes, Mum, I've been trying. And I said, well, tell Scott I'll do it if he does it. Well, he had his recorder before <laughs> I could. <laughs> oh, God, good on you, Scott. So yeah. He was, yeah, he was much easier to, yeah. Once I said that, you know, I'd do most of the talking, yeah. he came around quite quickly. And I think um, I think you both give such a good insight on this, you know, the like I said, there's this flow on effect and it doesn't just affect the family. It goes well beyond that yes. and it's making light of that as well and, yeah. All right, so that's all from us. Thank you for joining us again. Do your usual thing. Please head over to your podcast apps and leave us some love. Give us five stars leave us a review, all that fun stuff. And if you're not already following us on Facebook and Instagram and all those things, um, then find us and give us a follow. We put up a lot of um, content there. I'll probably try and find some photos, mum, of you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've got any of you with the pram set up and things like that with Jack's feeds, but, um, yeah, I'll share some things on there this week about you and we share some resources there as well and lots of handy tips and info so 
Otherwise, next week is Grecian's first episode as co-host. So, Ooh. yay. Um, she's so excited. She's been looking forward to this for so long. Um, we obviously haven't recorded the episode yet, but we're going to be talking about getting through winter with medically complex or vulnerable children, which is very real and relatable. You'll have a bit to talk about. Oh, we do. We've got lots of notes and we've actually already got a lot of insight and um, had a chat to our listeners and our little Rora's tribe um, about things, how they feel about winter and what they do to get through. And, yeah, so big episode, lots, lots to talk about. And we will be back in your ears then. So thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.